Pushkin. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This is Solvable. I'm Ronald Young Jr. They have these levitating neon drummer boys at their Christmas service where these dudes are floating, playing these, you know, marching snare drums. According to Gallup, in 1999, 70% of U.S. adults belong to a church, synagogue, or mosque. In 2018, it was down to 50%. In 2020, it was only 47%. So it's not surprising that some houses of worship are increasingly going to greater and greater lengths to keep members engaged. I happened to be watching this random worship video and noticed a worship leader, not even a pastor, wearing a pair of Yeezys that were worth like 800 bucks. That's the voice of Ben Kirby. He's a former Marine, a Texan, a devout Christian, and most importantly, a shoe enthusiast or a sneakerhead. The reason I know about sneakers in general is because I spent some time buying and selling sneakers for this. So, like, that's how I know about this market. And to me, the shoe is worth what people are willing to pay for it. And so, from the beginning, I've never said, this guy has paid $800 for these pair of shoes. What I've said is that this guy's wearing a pair of shoes that's worth $800. Kirby runs an Instagram account called Preachers and Sneakers, which has a very simple purpose. It runs a picture of a faith leader in front of their congregation, most of the time from a megachurch. And next to the picture is the amount that the shoes that they're wearing cost. How much is too much? I didn't start off wanting to, to be an activist or a discussion leader for a pretty complex discussion about like money and modern Christianity and celebrity and that kind of thing. But after doing this for like two and a half years, I continuously get more and more validation that it's important. Ben Kirby is calling attention to what he sees as a problem that undercuts the intended mission of the Christian church, altruism. 
And with over 250,000 Instagram followers, it's clear that many people agree. Earlier this year, Ben took another step and published a book, also entitled Preachers and Sneakers. Consumerism and celebrity culture and faith organizations is a solvable problem. As a churchgoer, I can understand how uh, the image of the church is very important. And when I say churchgoer, I am considered a part of the evangelical community, I suppose. I am Pentecostal, been in church my entire life. I'm a preacher's kid. My mother's a missionary, Sunday school superintendent. So I am a church boy. I'm an associate minister at my church. I'm a church boy through and through. When I think about the image of the church, the issues that you're bringing attention to with your accounts feel very relevant. Mm-hmm. How do you look at the work that you're doing uh, with your Instagram account and with your book? Sure, sure, sure. Well, thanks, thanks for reading the book. Yeah, thanks for spending the time with it. And I hope it didn't put you to sleep. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> uh, I feel there are issues that are more important, maybe than all the things that come with preachers wearing expensive sneakers. But I think it's a very in-your-face issue right now trying to make church cool or a, a different experience than what our parents and grandparents did is very much in the mainstream, especially with guys like Kanye and Justin bringing it to their hundreds of millions of followers, that kind of thing. I don't know why I was, as a, a fellow church guy, uh, I don't know why I was chosen to do this, but I'm grateful to have an opportunity to help people hopefully push for a more authentic representation of what Christianity is. So let's talk about that for a second. So what's wrong with faith leaders wearing expensive clothing? Like what what's your what's your gut reaction when you when you see this? Yeah, the at in March of 2019, I had zero thoughts about this at all, but I happened to be watching this random worship video and noticed a worship leader, not even a pastor, wearing a pair of Yeezys that were worth like 800 bucks, some Yeezy 750s. Mm-hmm. And there was something in me that I didn't have a definition for or a reason for, but it stirred something in with me within me that felt like I had to say something about it. And, and so I posted it on my my personal Instagram to like my 350 people and just said like, dude, how are these guys making this much money? Let me get on this payroll, that kind of thing. <laughs> what I didn't realize at the time was that there were hundreds of thousands of other people that have this kind of internal wrestling with, the image of a guy that's there to lead a church wearing a pair of shoes that's worth their mortgage payment to see the image of someone that apparently is supported off of the donations of others wearing something that the the donator could never ever afford it's gross why is it gross say more about that by wearing a pair of $1000 shoes or shoes that command $1000 in the resale marketplace you're communicating that at a minimum, you can afford to not sell a pair of $1,000 shoes. Even if it's not fair and there's all this nuance and specific situations around each of these guys that are gifted these shoes or buy these shoes or whatever, or have a plug, any of that kind of stuff, that upsets people. Um, to just write off all the people that are upset about that as haters, I think is being intellectually lazy, but at the same time, automatically getting mad anytime somebody wears a pair of shoes that are $500 is also intellectually lazy. I am in kind of the frustrating position in between where I want to get both sides to question why they feel so cut and dry about whether or not it's 
right or wrong to wear a thousand dollar pair of shoes. And you receive a lot of criticism on that. I've seen the the comments, people telling you uh, to post the retail value versus the resale value. What is your intent behind posting the resale value versus the retail value? The shoe is worth what people are willing to pay for it. And so from the beginning, I've never said, this guy has paid $800 for these pair of shoes. What I've said is that this guy's parent wearing a pair of shoes that's worth $800. The reality is that pastors are in a position that is unique, completely unique, and has a set of standards defined by the Bible that are different than any other role. Mm -hmm. And to want to be held to the same standard as every other random person out there is not completely understanding what is expected of you as a pastor. I'm an associate minister at my church. And I, much like Ben, love shoes. My favorite sneakers are Air Max 90s, and I have many different pairs in many different colors. I also belong to a church where we're expected to dress up when we attend. And that means business formal, full suits, ties, and dress shoes. A lot of our preachers wear ornate robes or very fancy suits when they preach. And at times, it could be very distracting. I remember one time in particular before I had to preach that I was stressing out about what I was going to wear. I realized I probably should be spending more time thinking about what I was going to say rather than how I looked. And from that day forward, I decided I would wear the most basic suit every time I stood up to preach, black. Then I wouldn't have to think about it anymore. When I think about leadership, whether it's politicians, faith leaders, CEOs, etc., I think there has to be an understanding that unlike regular folk, the seemingly simple decisions that they make can either complement or detract from the words coming out of their mouths. Hello, hello. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. Let me tell you an unconventional story about a healthcare group that wanted to improve their efficiency, Boston Children's Hospital. They were already a leading pediatric facility. Their patient outcomes, workflows, and delivery of care were already great. But they wondered, how can we make it better? So the hospital got to work. Their idea was to build what they called clinical mobility, meaning a system which would allow their staff to access information and interact with patients on mobile devices anywhere in the hospital. And what made that possible? 5G. The hospital rebuilt their entire system with 5G technology at its core. That infrastructure now supports thousands of phones and tablets so practitioners can communicate with patients on a whole new level. Boston Children's also made sure the system could flex and scale to handle medical advancements like robotic surgery and virtual reality for training and research. This was worlds away from how they had previously operated. This innovative work hasn't gone unnoticed, first by patients, but also by their peers. Boston Children's was a first place winner in the industry category at last year's unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business, an event that celebrates customers who've dared to innovate for the sake of innovation. If the Boston Children's story rings a bell with you, if your team has asked the same questions about building a better business solution, I encourage you to enter this year's awards. It's a great way to be recognized for smart, disruptive thinking in front of some of your industry's most influential leaders. You can enter at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. That's tmobile.com slash 
Unconventional Awards. I'll save you a seat. As listeners to this show, you probably consider yourself pretty smart. But how smart is your wallet? When you're looking to upgrade your wallet, it's time to turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds has the financial smarts to help you find the right financial products for you. Before Nerd Wallet, you might have paid for vacations with whatever was in your wallet. But you could have been missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. Now you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Ben, convince somebody who's a non-churchgoer, maybe an atheist, someone, you know, spiritual, non-religious, people who have never stepped foot into a church who don't understand this culture, why this should be important to them. Churches or religious organizations are the most philanthropic out there in terms of deploying funds. Mm -hmm. And so there is real tangible benefit for churches and faith organizations to continue to thrive. And because they have such a huge profile, such a huge public media presence, when they do have this moral failure, it creates this erosion of not only their massive ministry, but also kind of the greater ministry of of Christianity and the service that's given out into the community by faith communities that's driven by a commitment to the calling that Jesus put on our lives. Um, all that seems like good stuff. And to write off all these organizations that are doing a ton of good in the world because there's a select few that are making it look like a clown show, I think is a detriment. And potentially you're missing out on an opportunity to either give or get involved or, um, you know, further the betterment of a community or a society. I buy sneakers that I like that look good with what I'm wearing. And that's literally what it, that, that, that's where it ends. It's like, I like these shoes. I'm going to wear these. So what about all the people who are just trying to do that? They're not necessarily trying to portray, you know, an image of, of, of opulence or wealth or detract mm -hmm. from the mission. How would you advise those folks that feel that sort of uh, conflict with what you're talking about? Well, one, I think humility is usually a good thing to default to. For those mm -hmm. people that truly are not trying to flex or are not trying to portray this false narrative that they're just crushing it in life, I think they should be secure in what they wear. Like if you feel good wearing those Air Max 90s or whatever, hopefully you can be okay with even people saying, hey, dude, those Air Max 90s look pretty expensive. The thing for me that's helped me the most is having people around me that know me that can speak into the things that are maybe my blind spots or maybe lies that I'm believing from people that are saying stuff on the internet or whatever. 
having people around you that can say, hey, dude, you're good to wear those sneakers, man. Like, we know your heart. We know who you are. We know you're not trying to flex on people. It would be another thing, I think, if you were posting a pic every day, wearing a new pair of sneaks, trying to have a super curated image for whatever reason, trying to impress people. Hopefully, you also have people around you that said, hey, dude, it looks like you really love yourself right now. Or like, you're really, <laughs> you're really into... Do you, you spend a lot of money on sneakers, that kind of thing. Yeah. So like it's it's on you for personal responsibility and to be okay with the things you enjoy in life. But also it's great to have people around you who can also validate it or speak into it saying like, hey man, maybe you should reevaluate what you're posting. A couple weeks ago and um, a couple episodes ago for the listeners, we talked with Molly Burhans, who is the CEO and founder of Goodlands, which is mapping all of the land of the Catholic Church and then also giving an assessment of how to use that land for the good of humanity and for the good of the Dang. planet. Yeah. So, and I'm bringing that up. <laughs> a little different, a little more large scale and probably more important. Well, okay. And, and I think that's what, and I what I would press you on is to say, like phase one of you, this is that you've brought attention to it. You're in the mapping phase, but the phase two portion of it is to go to the church and say, here's what, here's our findings, and here are some recommendations on how you could be held accountable. So let's talk about what phase two looks like for Ooh. you, like in terms of the actionable items and the solvability. How do mm -hmm. we fix it? Yeah. I came up with a few things that are kind of have caused us to deviate, I think, from specifically what we are called to as Christians, my first big proposal or recommendation would be to spend some time defining or redefining the mission and vision of their church and anchoring everything to that based on what the Bible specifically lines out for churches. Because right now, many of our biggest churches spend a ton of time on ancillary stuff that takes manpower, takes attention, it takes money when other things are being neglected. And so if I can get churches to maybe redefine their priorities and align everything they do off of those priorities, it's just like running a company in a, in a way where we're basically saying we're not going to do anything unless it involves furthering the mission of our church, which should be to preach the word, make disciples, uh, encourage community take care of the less fortunate. And there's a lot of verses around that in the Bible, but many churches are more concerned with conference attendance and music labels and branding, all that kind of stuff that can have a net positive, but as a baseline, it's a lot of extra. And then on the kind of as a 1A, I would say audit and radically change your spending. Like the, you know, you vote with your dollar in everything. And if you're spending millions on, it's just kind of exaggerated, but if you're spending millions on smoke machines and leather couches, instead of taking care of the widows and the orphans in your immediate community, that's a misaligned priority. And I would encourage them to audit how they spend their money, how they deploy their capital. Like if you're spending 85% of funds on operations, which are just to raise more funds, versus deploying capital out to the community and into missions, I think that's skewed. It sounds like you're asking churches as a whole to open themselves up and to actually give themselves an opportunity to be the altruistic organizations that we can expect them to be, which is something that I think is good for non-believers and believers alike. But what about 
when we're talking about individuals, because a lot of the the criticism that you have goes towards either the uh, faith leaders or us as individuals that are a part of the church communities. Mm-hmm. There's there's one big one that is going to just be steeped in irony, uh, <laughs> but I that's basically where I live all the time, and so I'm not scared of that. But I would say consider taking some serious time off social media to focus on the local church that mm-hmm. goes all the way up to the church leader, but also to the member or the, even just like the attendee. Many of the things that are driving our culture of appearance and production and celebrity and money and all that kind of stuff are definitely uh, accentuated by social media. And this is coming from a guy that the only reason you and I are talking is because of social media. Mm-hmm. So like I recognize that, but I also think that I probably have a pretty good credible position to say that social media uh can also very much be a detriment, you know, one, <laughs> like from the mental health aspect, but also it it skews perceptions about what a successful church is. Mm. Like when you see people with, you know, better music or better production or more beautiful worship team or whatever, it can make you want to strive for those things. And you can see kind of lower attended churches trying to copy the aesthetic of some of the seemingly most successful churches. And so I would just say that's distracting a lot of us. And I would encourage everyone to take time off social media to focus. Like if you truly care about the flourishing of the church and being involved with your church community, you should care about the local portion of that. Social media is an aspirational playground. I spent a lot more time than I love to admit comparing my life to strangers and friends alike. Celebrities and other influencers selling a lifestyle or an idea of what we can be is part of that appeal. Whether you're a churchgoer or not, there's no real way to stop the impact of social media except to unplug every now and then and remind yourself that this isn't real. I feel as a deeply spiritual person, attending church and being with fellow congregants in person, in the moment, is an excellent antidote to all of that. So I asked Ben what advice he'd offer churches to help keep us grounded. There is a way to be excellent without being vain and mm-hmm. even excellent at a large scale versus trying to be put on a, a concert or put on a light show or whatever. You know, there's churches out there that have really good worship teams that aren't aren't choking you with fog and like strobe lights and such, you know, or like <laughs> there's a church here in Dallas where they had, they have these levitating dr- neon drummer boys at their Christmas service where these dudes floating, playing these, you know, marching snare drums, that kind of thing. It's like, dude, you can worship the creator of the universe by using your gifts that he gave you in a way that uh, is excellent. It's not distracting. It leads people in a time of worship while also not being vain or appearing like you're trying to win the contest of, most produced Sunday service, that kind of thing. What does this issue look like when it is uh, begin to be solved? And when do you feel like, all right, I don't need to post about this anymore. I'm just going to post about, you know, my sandwich or like, I don't want to, I'm not going to do this anymore. What is your work over? Yeah. Uh, I think incrementally that not just because of what I've done, but maybe a shift in the, priorities or narrative on social media about church guys have seemingly stopped and i think for the better have stopped making as many posts about themselves like at a bigger scale i think a solved version of this is <laughs> i mean this is very idyllic but 
a church that is helping people grow in their, it's like, this is Christianese, but their walk, <laughs> their faith walks or whatever, their walk with Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, that people are happy to congregate and share in every aspect of community with each other, where they're not looking to gain anything other than just to be mutually encouraged to share with each other, to share resources with each other, to really like emulate what the early church did after Jesus was on the earth. And then I think a big piece is seeing churches spend an uncomfortable amount of money on taking care of others instead of just building platforms for their main guy. There's going to be no perfect churches because churches are filled with humans and all humans are imperfect. And so I don't expect that, but I do expect Christians that care about the flourishing of the church to push for a more authentic representation of following Jesus and also hopefully accountability for their leaders, but also accountability for themselves. All of that will be a win and will be closer to being solved, this issue of consumerism and obsession with celebrities in church. Ben, thank you so much for being with us. This has been a pleasure. Thank you, Ronald. This is super fun. Ben Kirby is the author of Preachers and Sneakers, Authenticity in an Age of For-Profit Faith and Wannabe Celebrities. And you can follow him on Instagram at Preachers and Sneakers. And that's in, not and. That's the actual letter N. Solvable is produced by Jocelyn Frank. Our researcher is David Ja. Booking by Lisa Dunn. Our managing producer is Sasha Mathias, and our executive producer is Mia LaBelle. I'm Ronald Young Jr. Thanks for listening. What's the most expensive pair of sneakers you've ever purchased? A missionary in Jakarta emailed me saying that he felt like God was leading him to buy me a pair of Jordans. And I I responded back and I said, look, I'm not in this for this. But if you truly feel like God is telling you to buy me a pair of Jordans, I wear a size 11 and a half. And so he sent me. <laughs> so do I. I wear 11 and a half. <laughs> yeah. Good information, so, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he, he, he sent me this pair of bread, black and red Jordan 4s, which I think resell in the like four or $500 range mm-hmm. now, um, which I don't wear as much just because I can't pull them off as well. But Send yeah, them all over. The two most expensive. <laughs> yeah. No, I got you. <laughs> The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored amongst some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your 
your perfect home sweet home. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.